we're looking pretty similar. Okay, let's do this. Uh, welcome back to another Zengineering podcast. I'm Adam. Yay. I'm Brian. Uh, this, I, this is the first time we've done this, like, like, like slotted into our work day. Um, like, it's like the first thing on my schedule of stuff. I got to get my personal shit together in time to, to do. Um, I did some down dogs already. I, <laughs> I realized, I realized that this is the same time of day that my neighbor, I guess while getting ready for work, really loudly listens to television news. <laughs> so it's like pops the TV on and puts it loud enough that they can hear it in any room. Oh, nice. And I seethe. What channel do they listen to? Is it a good one? I can't really tell. It's just a murmur. I've caught snippets of, you know, like discernible <laughs> audio that make me think it's something like CNN. Um, all day news, you know, like baby. audio stings and stuff, but it's all very muffled through the door. The pr- only problem is it's usually during the time of day when I'm trying to meditate. And so like it wouldn't be a big deal if I were doing normal just morning stuff. But when I'm actually trying to sit in silence, gets kind of dude. Anxious. That's the whole point. I know. I'm also aware of that, and so I try I, not to see. <laughs> that's the worst. It's the worst comment. I say that. I say that to my fiance all the time, and she's like, "Shut the fuck up, dude." <laughs> Just let me be annoyed when shit's annoying. <laughs> but that's the same point we made in the. Uh, in the health episode, you know, like meditation, the idea of practice, it is practice. The practice is forcing yourself back yep. from that place of like, oh my God, the news. Okay, ignore it. Um, Sometimes seething could be your meditation too. Ooh. Because I'm pretty chill, but I seethe an awful lot. <laughs> 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 I just, I kind of keep it, I like see the real chill though, you know? Seethe is a great word. In fact, I really, I structured that whole bit because I realized that I was seething. And I was like, that's a great word. I'm going to put this in the podcast. Seething. It's Um, got a lot of good sounds, a lot of good frequencies to it. Deep sounds and windy sounds. And it just, it's, it's great. It's a great, it's great word choice for the the image that you want to go with it. That I'm just sitting there like, fuck you guys and your goddamn news with your <laughs> home, home, home. <laughs> okay, so uh that's probably about as zen as we're gonna get this particular podcast. Yeah. Uh, now good. we're taking it back kinda kinda old school. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a while. Which is funny to say because we've only been at this a year, so old school's like uh, it's still the same year numerically. It's a long time. I'm getting pictures from a year ago on Facebook and I don't remember them, so it's an infinitely long time ago. <laughs> infinitely long time ago uh but we're gonna kind of dig in deep on one that we uh (laughs) this is maybe the third or fourth time we've tried to do it i think fourth and and ironically we keep having bad audio because (laughs) the topic itself is audio (laughs) Uh, uh, audio like the world of the technology world of recorded sound sounds uh, we decided to do this one again because uh, Apple recently announced that they're dropping the headphone jack on their next phone. Oh, no. 
which ostensibly is them doubling down on wireless technology. Although, you know, there's an adapter and certainly it's still wired and there are, there are wired thoughts to what they're up to as well, because you can still plug in through the lightning port. But we thought, uh, what better time for SEO purposes <laughs> to, to discuss <laughs> audio technology and audio quality since it's been on a list. Like we really, we tried to do it for what, like the fourth episode? Yeah, it was real early. We did it right after we were going to do a series of like photography, audio, yeah. and then video because they like build up to each other. But we didn't. And we kept screwing up the audio like fully by mistake. Like we weren't, we were really trying to do things right. And then we would have like a weird echo or a mic that like we would act, we would accidentally record with the laptop mic, even though the nice podcast mic is right in front of you. And we'd have this weird offset of. I'm glad that we've waited again, though, because I listen to those early technological episodes and they're good, (laughs) but they're not as like uh, fun. So I want tech to be fun. That's part of what we're doing this for. So well, I think I think that's back when uh, we weren't doing this on a timer. <laughs> so we weren't having that thing where it was like, okay, we only can get in the amount. We can only go as deep as is allowed for 15 minutes on a bit or whatever. Yeah. This is scheduled. This is a scheduled event now. It's just on my work calendar. <laughs> so, right. Which is good. It. It's great. Um Okay, so I thought we'd start from the idea of like just audio like real world sounds is what the note says, right? So real world sounds. Audio, music, albums, CDs, MP3s, whatever. Like it's all it's all just a means of reproducing a naturally occurring phenomenon. Same so thing every from, episode is about. From <laughs> <laughs> reproducing reality, right? So what's that reality that it's reproducing? It's reproducing sound waves moving through the atmosphere. Well, usually through the atmosphere. Also through other things, if your head's down on the ground or up against like a railroad tie weird things like that say that's yeah what what inside a conch shell water where the ocean resides where the the ocean resides all of it a conch cell depending on depending on how pretentious you are sucks to your ass mar (laughs) um so so it's so like when when someone talks or a speaker makes a noise, it's creating a wave through the gas that we're breathing all day, right? Like, so we don't think of it because it's not resisting us the way that water does or yeah. the way that, say, a railroad tie does if you try to push <laughs> through it, <laughs> right? You're not going anywhere. Uh, but, like, it's, you know, there is substance around us all the time. And the same way that a wave can travel through water and you can watch it when you throw a stone in, sound travels through that gas, and it hits our eardrum and vibrates for brevity's sake sensors attached to your eardrum <laughs> that not that then relay the, an impulse that impulse to your brain and your brain is able to make two ways of it based on the fluctuations in that sensor yeah that was a good computer explanation right (laughs) it's uh yeah it's i want to give i want to give a visual and i want to give a physical example so i'll start with the visual because people like they're probably sitting in their cars 
or wherever, I don't know, maybe running. So the visual is just kind of the classic throw a stone in a lake and you see a wave form. People, we talk about waves, electromagnetic waves, we talk about radio waves and all this stuff. And sound waves, they're actually a different thing. They're, sound waves are just physical medium moving. So if you throw a rock in the water, you get this really cool two-dimensional representation of what a sound wave looks like in the air. You see these ripples moving through the water. That's all your ear is picking up and sensing. It's physically being, parts inside of your ear are physically being moved by those waves that were produced by the rock hitting the water. Uh, or in this case, produced by whatever's making sound in the air. Your eardrum moves, your brain measures that movement, and it says, hey, I'm hearing a sound. I'm going to produce this thing and these signals inside your brain, and you're going to perceive them as sound, and you're going to be taught that they're language or they're song or they're birds or they're wind blowing through the trees. Um, So that's kind of a visual way to think about it. It happens in three dimensions, which is harder to visualize because we can't usually see that stuff. But um, the other way to kind of check this out is to go stand by a fan, which is what I'm doing right now, or go like run really fast and you'll hear like the hissing of, of wind, you know, that is, that is like waves blowing past you and creating sound. That's the air physically moving and you'll both feel the air move and you'll hear noise. Um, and so, so what you're talking about that wave is like, they call it a pressure wave sometimes which is what it is is a change in the pressure in that physical medium that you talked about right mm-hmm. so you can cause that same pressure change just by moving your head back and forth really fast and your brain doesn't <laughs> know the difference right so so like you're altering the pressure of the medium Whoa. around your head everyone like, do it with us and because we're so used to motion the brain usually tunes that stuff out but it is part of the sensory mechanism that's how you know that your head is even moving which without going down the VR rabbit hole is part of why VR works um, because of how reliant on sight and sound your brain is to make sense of your surroundings. Yeah, Your ears got little biological accelerometers in it. Measure, measure your body's orientation in your head and where you are and direction sounds are coming from and all kinds of cool stuff. So, and so you know, what the cell phone has been inside of us for forever. Right. The cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> we've just, we've just created a, a uh, right. digital version. The biological so, cell phone's been there uh, forever. Except we don't have the magnetometer. Like, so we can't tell which way is north. <laughs> uh, Dogs arguably, do, arguably, we do. You can train yourself to know do. which direction. Yeah, I guess so. I generally pretty reliably know where north is, but but for me, it's a uh, it's a it's a matter of relation. Like, yeah. I just am always aware of where it is, so I remember it based on changes. <laughs> Whereas I think dogs actually have a mechanism that senses magnetic north. Um, and they I use it to, like, to... orient themselves when they poop. Yeah, a bunch of animals. Bam! Don't... God damn it. 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> poop. Oh, man. that will Someday that'll be an infographic. It'll be every poop topic, its time, and its episode. <laughs> and uh, no one will want to see it because it'll just be little pictures <laughs> of steaming so, cartoon poop. When sound is recorded and then delivered to you via whatever you know, uh, uh, <laughs> delivery mechanism. It's just a reproduction of that pressure wave, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's in theory, it's the same thing again. It, this, is, this is a cool example of where you our technology captures reality and then tries really hard to reproduce it exactly, which is very different than like photography because I can't actually physically reproduce the room yet. 
um, you're just seeing a two-dimensional picture of it. But sound, we we put speakers out there and we send that, we try to at least send that same sound wave out so that you really are experiencing the actual thing that happened. Um, that's hard. That's very hard to do. And it's, right. it, we don't really do it, but um, that's And so because I think it'll be relevant a bit later, but now seems like the time to talk about it. What's the difference between... Okay, so here, here I think is the question. What's the physical difference that causes sound to travel slower than light, than electricity through a wire? Because this will pertain to the conversation about wireless versus wired. Sure. So you can't transmit sound any faster than that sound wave will move through the medium in which it's produced. So, for instance, when you throw a rock in a lake and watch that ripple move, that just is as fast as that ripple is going to move because that is the energy the rock transferred into the water. Same thing happens uh, when you uh, make a sound. There's a certain speed that sound waves move through uh, Earth's atmosphere, um, which is why you have that trick of when you see lightning, you can count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and that gives you this like rough approximation of how far away the lightning is um, because there's a known speed for light, which is almost instant on Earth at the distances we deal with. Uh, and then there's a known speed for sound to travel. Uh, and so sound is a physical thing moving through this medium of air. It's it's a very like organic uh thing it's very different than when we start to talk about radio waves uh and like uh, electrons electricity throwing through flowing through wires those are just very different uh you can't transmit sound directly this is where you get to the <clears throat> translation between uh analog and digital it's when you change how we transmit it so when i'm just talking to you that's considered analog. We're just making noise and air and air is moving around and moving our eardrums. When I talk into a microphone and we convert it to electricity and send it into something and then send it back out through a speaker, it went through this digital space where we converted it into something else. Um, and that's kind of digital is not exactly the right conversion there, but we convert it into a different medium to to transfer it and so electricity just happens to flow really 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 fast close to the speed of light um and radio waves are light radio waves are the same thing as the physical light that you see so they they go at the same speed as that so so i think this is a perfect segue into the next chunk which is to talk about the recording and reproduction process because if you start from this idea that like when you hear digital versus analog you think like oh it's a record player versus my fancy iPhone, right? <laughs> but like for you to hear it, sound has to be analog. And yeah. the ter even the term analog comes from the idea that it is analogous to what existed at the creation of that sound. Oh, um, cool. So, <laughs> right? Chasing Latin roots. A, like, I didn't know like this was a linguist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we should contact that hot for words um, girl. See if she wants to get on this get on an episode. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're a listener. So the sound wave is like the idea of it being analog. And if you think about analog ways of recording things, they store the information in a different way that is limited by different things. But let's go back and start from you make a sound wave out of your mouth, out of an instrument, out of whatever, and it hits a diaphragm in 
your microphone, which by various mechanisms that aren't worth getting into of different complexity and quality, um, basically they're all a version of a sensor, usually a magnet, is vibrated by the sound wave hitting it, and then that's recorded as electrical impulse. Does that sound good so far? Yeah, that's exactly exactly what's going on inside your microphone sometimes <laughs> sometimes right it, i don't really modern well. microphones are functioning that way right and yeah, if you were going to use that to, if you were going to use that to make a record which would be analog you would actually use the sound waves to jiggle a needle and that needle would actually etch those jiggles into a wax cylinder or a, a vinyl record or something like that yeah you could you could like Records are really interesting because of the, the physicality of how they work. They don't go into a weird realm like even like tapes, like a tape deck uses magnetism to read stuff. But records are just like it's like caveman tech. They like scraped the sound into the wall of the cave and then reproduced it with a little cone <laughs> they would drag along the wall. It's cool. Um, it's but old, when you listen tech. to a record, like people say that they, they persist because... They are a they're a particular type of approximation of the sound we're trying to reproduce, and they're stored in an analog format. So, like, if you want to break down the granularity of data storage in terms of reproducing that sound wave, like, it's it's constrained by the physical uh, properties of the vinyl medium or the wax medium, and how minute a jiggle in the needle that can record yeah. um, and it creates a much smoother profile if you were to break down the waveform which makes it sound uh, like audiophiles tend to describe it as sweeter <laughs> and and um, like softer which sort of just means that the waveform that's coming off of that and thus the reproduction of the waves that hit your ear is like smoother Smooth. Real a, smooth. Oh yeah, it's silky smooth. Smooth and it supple. The, the consistency of that beautiful wave traveling across the pool. <laughs> Whereas digital looks jagged as shit if you break it down. <laughs> Damn. Now, I like why that. does it look so? When, so, so if if what you're doing is shaking a magnet, and that magnet is transferring an electrical current to some sort of device that has to store that data. Talk about the files it's stored in and like where that's coming from sample rates like what bit depth yeah so well i am currently uh seething a little bit just because i want to address the record quality question but okay, we'll come it. to that a little later uh, let's let's continue on how we how this stuff works so because well, i think right, that's the, sort of a question of compression it, it comes, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a bazillion things. It's interesting, but <laughs> yeah, so a record, you're right. A record is kind of producing very, I use the term organically. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but it's, I like it's it. a very like smooth, organic representation of sound, whether or not it's reproducing the sound better. It's in theory, uh, it's like a smooth, imagine like a smooth paintbrush, like drawing a pretty line across a table, like picture like a like like calligraphy, you know that it's just got that like smooth organic look to it, and you can see all the bristles. Um, digital, when you digitize something, all of a sudden you can't think about it in terms of the whole anymore. You can't picture that 
beautiful stroke of the paintbrush growing across the canvas, you need to start thinking about how do I reduce that to the tiniest amounts of information that I can store inside of a digital system, inside of a computer, uh, transmit as digital information, and then on the other end, somehow turn it back into an approximation of the waveform that you picked up with the original microphone. Uh, and there are a lot of steps to that, but one of well, them is that just... Means- by necessity, because it's going to be read by a computer, whether you th- realize it or not, it's being read by a computer chip, even if it's a CD player, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's going that computer has to read that information in a linear fashion. So it's going to be ones and zeros, which means you have to take this thing that's complex and, and nuanced, like like the brush stroke you were just describing, and you have to cut it into something that can be presented in ones and zeros in a stream, mm-hmm. right? So if there's a height... Like so, if you're talking about this waveform and you want to know how wide it is and how high it is, you need to have values for that, and they can only be delivered one at a time. You can't just go plop. Here's everything, right? Right. So it has to be cut into tiny pieces. Yeah, and so in slicing it into little tiny pieces, you by necessity reach some sort of limit. You can't keep slicing it because eventually each. Basically, the smaller of slices you take of that brush stroke or that sound recording to store it digitally, the smaller you take, the bigger the file size gets. And so say say you have a beautiful uh, one minute long song recording that you want to reproduce, right? If you take if you only take a sample every second, you're you're only the resolution of that song is going to be meaningless you won't hear it you won't hear words you won't hear you'll just hear like bit 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 it doesn't it's not a thing and so you have to break it down to a resolution that your brain doesn't notice that it's cut up anymore and so on a cd i think the the uh i always get these confused when i start to talk about them you've got bit depth and you've got uh sampling Sample. rate Right. Those are the two numbers you tend to see. And you see them because like Apple brags about it, right? And sample rate is usually on a CD, I think 44.1 kilohertz. kilohertz. So you're taking 44,000 samples every second. So in that example, I just did one every second for a song that's a minute long. You're actually taking 44,000 times 60. So what is that? A couple million for a couple right. million samples to reproduce that song. So every 44,000th of a second, the computer says, blip, I'm going to take whatever information exists at that picture back to the, the brush stroke again. I'm going to take whatever information exists at that time period on that brush stroke. and I'm going to store it. I'm going to take another slice real quick and another slice and another slice. And then it stores that information. Uh, and then you get this, you get an approximation of the sound uh, at each of those little steps. And the idea is I, as a human, can't hear a 44,000th of a second. So a CD uh, for uh, all intents and purposes is the same as the sound coming into the microphone. I can't distinguish the sound. Um, I can't hear that like blip, blip, blip. There's no digitizing. There's no... uh, loss of quality there and that's sort of technically there is well and that sort of goes back to the photography conversation to the extent of like what's the max granularity of a 
of a negative, which is actually using molecules of like silver oxide to store mm -hmm. data that clump together. So right. the clumps of those is what's going to limit how granular the information you're storing right. in that is. It's the same and, here, but because it's digital, like we could run that higher and higher and higher. The only limit would be file size. Right. Right. Yeah. So file like, size you, and processing you, speed. Did you cover bit depth? I was looking up something on Wikipedia, so I got lost. <clears throat> I didn't cover bit depth yet. Okay. So bit um, depth refers to how much in like it, it, what it breaks down to is how much information is stored per sample. So every like, one of those 44,100 times a second that it goes bloop and checks that signal and records its state, the depth to which it's like, so the number of bits with which it's allocating to that, to record that, that signal <laughs> will, will denote the continuum on which you can reproduce different tones, right? So if it's 24, that means it can faithfully reproduce this. Like it has 24 slots worth of two to the 24 it could fall any two to the 24 slots with which it can fill. Here's how this sound is. And so here's the interesting thing to understand about that piece. What your ear is actually sensing when it picks up a sound wave and it turns it into data in your brain is not, bam, I got hit by a sound wave. It's the change from one wave to another. Oh, interesting. So, so bit depth relates to the granularity with which you can represent not that piece of data, but the change between that piece of data and the next one. And so if you have 24 squared to work with, that's way more than 16 squared is way more than 10 squared in terms of how many slots it can change by and have it how, like how much that sound wave can change from the previous wave and have it be represented in that, in the data set that's being good, encoded as an audio file. A good way to think about this because conceptually i struggle to come up with what sampling like what bit depth means for sound a good way to think about it is color and so to uh, a bit depth of 24 is uh i think roughly what most like modern color screens do it uh it's two to the 24th so two to the power of 24 which is 16 million colors you hear that a lot about screens there's like we reproduce this screen reproduces 16 million colors and in sound it's a different thing that you have a have a sampling world to sample over but it's the same kind of thing as color is so think of all the colors that are available in sound you're sampling there even is there's a term of color in sound you have t you have 16 million differentiators that you can record in that one forty-four thousandth of a second so in that little second that you capture you get to pick the system picks one of those 16 million available levels to say hey it's 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 at this level at this period of time reproduce it this way next time it comes out so the color corollary is hey it's red right now right. so make it red next time at this little slice in right. the, the sample and then the next slice it's a slightly different red and if you don't have the bit depth to record the the difference between the two of those, then it's just gonna, the computer's just going to go, nope, that's the same red, and not change yep. it. 
Yeah, it's right. Gonna, and it's the same yep. thing with frequencies, right? So if it doesn't change enough that the system can recognize it based on bit depth, it's just going to say same sound that stays the same, same sound that stays the same. That's at a, a bit depth of one, everything <laughs> would sound like meh. Yeah, because yep, you exactly. could only record that one frequency and play it back. Yep, precisely. Um, That's a great segue into compression. By right. the way. So, so the thing about you could get infinitely huge with this with data size is, well, we, we, the same way we've done with pictures, we've hit a point where we could increase resolution of the sound if we wanted to, mm -hmm. but it really only needs to be high enough to fool your ear. Yep. Exactly. And so we don't want to make files bigger than we have to because there's a certain inconvenience to transferring this media around. Like... Records might be great for the vibe that they have, but carrying a record around with you is is obnoxious. Try fitting 2,000 <laughs> records in your pocket. Right? Ain't gonna but happen. But digital, you can take that record and you can say, okay, let's pull the data off of that and let's compress it, which which I'll let you run through in a second what compression is and and make it so that we can carry it around. So the portability of and the deliverability of music is very important to us. Um as humans like we're we're preoccupied with it the reproduction of this particular reality and we could go on all kinds of conversations like down all kinds of philosophical rabbit holes about why music is so important um but that's not what we're here what we're here for today <laughs> we're here to tell you whether or not apple is crazy for removing the headphone jack right so <laughs> we got to go down a few rabbit holes maybe that's just we'll go down the socially accepted technological right business rab zen so so talk to me about compression <laughs> like what's happening in between so when i when I, the initial files when i save this podcast are gigabytes if i save them in an in a in a minimally compressed format yeah um i chop it down through compression algorithms to spells we'll call them spells 48 megabytes so that it can stream to you over your podcast app and part of why we can get away with that is because uh for speaking it doesn't matter that much you're not going to be offended by my voice not being crystal clear but talk about what that algorithm is doing that makes it less clear well it's it's there's well first of all compression is a uh rabbit hole in and of itself it's a it's, it's a it's a doctoral you know, degree in a way, it's in a way, it's a mathematical pursuit, kind of, because you're analyzing information. You're looking for ways to uh, eliminate extraneous information and reduce something down as small as possible, and still get back out what you put in. And so, your example earlier, when you were talking about a single a bit depth of one, where if you only had one volume level or one color level to pick from, everything's going to look or sound the same. And so uh, the next the next sample, you're stuck with the same sound. The next sample, you're stuck with the same sound. Um, that idea is kind of uh, at least one type of compression that you can think about. And so the reason uh, vocal, like a spoken word piece compresses a lot better than a song is because a song is much more dynamic. There's a lot more going on. And so between those samples, the, it tends to change more frequently. When it's just us talking, there's a lot of silence. 
right? And so a silent, say there's a second of silence or say there's a half second of silence between me saying something and you responding to it. In that half second, this computer is recording 22,000 samples. Now, when you run a compression algorithm over that, it's the compression algorithm is going to look at that half second, those 22,000 samples, and it's going to say, eh, these are the same thing. So I'm going to somehow magically with mathematics uh, create a marker here that says this half second is the same thing and reduce those 22,000 samples to one. Um, that's probably not actually how it happens. I've never actually worked with compression algorithms, but conceptually, uh, that's one of the ways it works. And so you see that in, uh, there's a version of MP3s. If you've ever like made your own MP3s or ripped CDs, it's called variable bitrate compression. Uh, that's a, that's another one where it kind of says, Hey, I'm going to kind of scan over this, uh, this sound recording and anywhere I can, I'm going to reduce the resolution because I don't need it. And in a spoken word, uh, podcast, you just don't need very much resolution. There aren't cymbals, there aren't drums, there aren't like high voices singing, there aren't guitars jamming out. And so it's a very simple sound and it's, it's easy to remove a lot of that resolution that you don't need. Like you don't need the reds and the blues and the purples. You just need like the, the, the green and the yellow maybe. So right. just making it's up sort colors. Sort of like black and white, right? Like, so the vo- vocal yeah. range actually falls. I don't remember anymore from my classes, but like they know the range, like voices fall within one to two kilohertz, I think mm-hmm. in terms of their frequency range, something like which that. Means, yeah. Which means an algorithm can go out and cut in, cut out any sound that isn't in that range without you being like, Oh, that voice sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were like a tambourine playing behind me while I talked, then that tambourine, like to get it in there, you have to store <laughs> more data because that's a high sound that's happening at the same time as a low sound. And to store that digitally as a representation of the waveform that includes all of those sounds, like it, it's it's going to cost you more data. Um, but so... The idea of different compression algorithms is essentially like if you have a spot that is silence, the computer can recognize that it's silence. And instead of storing all of those, filling all of those bits with information, it just says anywhere you see this particular pattern on the user side, replace it with silence. So instead of the data file carrying this piece, it carries one tiny little tag. And that one tiny little tag tells your phone or your CD player reproduce silence in this spot and it goes cool which is really easy because it just means it doesn't do anything (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is way better than filling up all those bits with say zeros to prove that it's nothing and so that is if you're familiar with cds which some of our listeners maybe aren't although I think our demographic skews a little old (laughs) um cds are recorded with waves, wave files, WAV files, and they are that really high bit rate and really high sampling rate that we were talking about earlier. They're AIFF files, right? Is oh yeah, maybe maybe file they are. format. Either way, right. it's super minimal, really, minimally compressed. Really high uh and so it 
you write to the CD basically what the system picks up. Probably at the time of CDs when they were invented, that was probably some of the highest resolution digital converters available to create that information. Um, so it was probably pushing the technology. I'm sure we can do much, much higher now, but there's just no reason to, like we talked about. Um, and then all of a sudden, MP3s came on the scene in what, like two, the year 2000? And so MP3s are, uh, they're all different levels of, you can control the, uh, the bit rate and the sampling rate. And basically we just settled on, on some at the time when they first came out that were pretty low level, uh, 128, uh, I don't even remember what that's KBPS initial bits per second six or something. Oh, and that's not even relevant. That's not actually a measurement of those two things. It's a made up. I don't even, that's a completely different (laughs) question, right? But they're all representations of the extent to which it takes an actual measured representation of the the wave that hit the mic and replaces it with math that can be redone based on agreed upon protocol on the other side of delivering the information right i mean that's what Absolutely. it is it's like mp3 Absolutely. it's just a Your communication protocol this morning for <laughs> like we're gonna <laughs> oh because we're getting into the territory that this this is like my bread and butter this <laughs> this idea that like the idea of mp3 as a as a thing like all a compression algorithm is, is an agreement that you're going to decode it a certain way on the other side. And as long as you adhere to that agreement, you maintain a consistency of data. Mm-hmm. But like MP3's trade-off was, we're making this a tiny file so we can get it to you, but it's going to sound pretty shitty. Yeah, we had to get it to you over a dial-up modem back in the year 2000. And so it had to be a really small file. You couldn't transmit a CD. A CD holds like 650 megabytes, which at the time would have taken uh, weeks maybe to get to your computer over the internet. And so compression is like a really, really, really important technology. Every single thing you do all day long on your computers involves many layers of compression and decompression to make it happen. Uh, and as computers get better and the internet gets faster, that becomes less of an issue. But we also want to push more. We now stream Netflix. You watch movies. I mean, movies are humongous. So compression is a very, it, it, conceptually, it, it kind of is a simple concept. It's like remove stuff that we don't need and simplify, simplify down the document. Don't send me a thousand page book. Send me the executive summary. That's a few pages. Um, but uh, it's, it's really important. It's a really important digital concept. And so my question consistently is, with an awareness of compression and that delivery trade-off, when you hear people get upset because Apple's making certain decisions that are driving them toward a standard of like wireless that they're not used to, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a question of delivery mechanism, right? Like they're mm-hmm. altering the way that this sound gets to your ear in some path. And in this case, they're proposing that we not use wires. Um, and then it ends up being this argument because of how important music is to us, but like, it's also worth talking about the progression of delivery of music because it's so important, right? Like when, when all we had was a, a mono channel transistor radio, people still used it. They didn't, I mean, I'm sure there were people that were like, just doesn't sound like being there live, but like everybody used it. It's so well, they this didn't stuff just is... use it. They absolutely marveled at it. I mean, right. It was just whispered magic into the microphone, but it's freaking magic. It's you can't see it, you can't touch it. It was transmitted via magic that we discovered that's floating all around us at all times, Uh, and and we're 
sending information that way. It's absolutely incredible. Oh, here's the other thing that happens every day. Uh, the dog downstairs is freaking out because its owner just left. Oh, poor puppy. But to that dog, radio waves are magic. Um, <laughs> but what, what I think is interesting in the idea of radio waves is like broadcast, we've been broadcasting music for public consumption uh, like for a long time. And so when you talk yeah. about dropping a wire that goes from your phone to your headphones, like you're talking about the same technology, essentially, you know, it's, it's different antennas and different standards of communication, but you're still talking about the same mode of transmitting information. Um, which is all, this is all like, so the other, the thing I thought of when you're talking about CDs is, uh, the CD was of a certain quality and, uh, because it contained all the information they could pack on there. And that was like 12 songs. Right. And I don't know if that mm -hmm. was all the information they could put on there or how the compression was exactly. It was sort of a standard that was set because that's the songs that fit on an, a vinyl record, mm -hmm. which was the standard before that stuff. Um, but with MP3s, you could use the same CD to put like 500 songs on. And so that's mm -hmm. what we spent our childhood doing was like, here's this whole, every song I've ever owned, you can have yeah. it. <laughs> right. Just, Instant just, reproduction is one of the that things was the, about digital also. That was the iPod launch. I think the iPod launched with like 1,000 or 2,000 songs, songs in your pocket. In your pocket. That, that was, was their, I mean, that's incredible. That was, that's like 80 CDs. In your pot, that's that was most people's. That was like two, three times most kids' CDs collections. You know, it was it was absolutely incredible. And so, part of what they were doing is by not transmitting it like a radio wave through a medium that caused you to limit the the depth of that data stream. They made it so you could have the you could have access to a much higher quality version of a audio file than you had with radio, but still not as high quality as you had with a CD. Mm -hmm. um, but that didn't last long and we've been fighting that war forever that, and that what war we're was looking at right now is streaming <laughs> that war was won pretty quickly yeah you're right five ten years and uh and we we've re re-reached the point where you can't tell the difference most of the time but there are all kinds of other things that affect sound quality so except there's no physical media required for that to get to you and so what, what, what Apple proposes to do now is, is sort of like a two-tiered shift that's worth sort of breaking down. Um, we've hit a point where delivery and compression are not the problems. Can we squeeze this up into a way to get it to you instantaneously without you knowing the difference between what was recorded in the studio um, or, or at the event or whatever? Um, and so now we have this kind of like what they call a last mile problem where there's still limiting factors in your phone that are messing with the experience of getting that sound to your ears. And some of that is convenience and some of it is actual technology, right? So do you want to first talk about like the idea of a digital audio converter and what opens up when you're not using a three and a half millimeter Standard, like there's a limitation to the mini, mini mini stereo plug that we use every day. So it's well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting space. As I was thinking about this this morning, because you, 
phones right now, CD players, whatever, you plug a small headphone plug in there, a one eighth inch or whatever. Yeah, one eighth inch uh, analog plug. It's a piece of metal that makes contact with another piece of metal inside the phone and it gets an electrical signal. The electrical signal goes out to your headphones, vibrates a diaphragm or however modern headphones work. They do some other th- other things too, but uh, it reproduces sound and it's analog. Your headphone said it uses electricity. So think if something is using electricity um, for sound reproduction, it's an analog tool. If there's a computer chip doing something, it's digital. And so at the point of your phone where you plug your headphones in, that's an analog signal that you're getting out. It's the same kind of thing that you get from a record. A record never has a digital signal. It's always analog. But um, It's important so, to realize that that's electrical also. Like it's taking a little bit of power to run a signal up that wire to push the speaker to create the wave that goes into your ear, mm-hmm. right? It's minimal, but what's happening there is electrical impulse is being passed through this wire. Yeah. A fun a fun little aside here is just that microphones and speakers uh, are basically the same thing. They, I mean, they're not, ex- they're made different. They're, they're specialized now, but I think you can actually use a speaker as a microphone if you have to. Uh, microphones usually right. too small to use as a speaker, but it's the, it's the same thing happening. It's yeah, just a microphone will reverse. reproduce a really high sound if you run it backwards. Um, they don't jiggle as much, so they can only make you know tight jiggle, 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 jiggle. But you could get a microphone to go wee at you if you plugged it up. It probably wrecked the microphone <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, so, what was I talking about? Oh, the headphones. So you've got the you've got your current headphones, right? You plug them in their analog signal, and so. The problem that's being solved here is not one of transmission anymore. It's purely a problem of convenience. People don't want a cord connecting their their sound device to their phones anymore, which I agree with. It's kind of a pain to have a cord hanging there, but this this really has nothing to do with quality or delivery or anything. It's literally just people don't want a cord. We're going to move the industry that direction because we can. Because what's actually happening is they're making the the system way more complex than it needs to be your phone already has an analog a digital to analog converter in it that's how it goes from the microchip that's in your phone to an electrical signal that goes out to your headphones and it's already at the end point you're physically plugging the speaker into your phone there's no reason to have a digital signal go any further and so the problem now is though well wait we want to transmit this over magic we want to transmit this over bluetooth which uses electromagnetic frequencies which is light or radio waves essentially um and so what they've had to do is create this wildly complex piece of technology these wireless headphones have computers in them they're little tiny (laughs) computers that you're putting in your ears and so they have a uh em uh antenna in them they're picking up the electromagnetic radiation they're picking up that digital signal coming over bluetooth and then their little computer is converting that to an analog signal that then moves a moves a diaphragm inside of the headphones and so you're really just taking something that's inside the phone right now and because of the way because we want to cut the wires you're moving it out into the headphones um, and that's one of the reasons the headphones have to be expensive. That's why Bluetooth headphones are so much more expensive. There's a very, uh, you're putting a tiny computer in them. So Tiny computer in there, right. And that also necessarily, like, so what Bluetooth is when they say Bluetooth is it's another communication protocol, like I was saying. It's an agreement about how things will be compressed up in a way that we drop as little quality as possible 
while maximizing the ability to get that sound through your environment to you, right? Because there's interference, there's other signals, there's all kinds of shit around us now. Tons of stuff. Wi-Fi, whatever, wireless telephones, cell phone yep. signals, all Blue. kinds of things that can interfere with that signal, right? Mm -hmm. So when they talk about why, uh, Bluetooth being shitty, <laughs> they're talking <laughs> about like the trade-off of it basically has to be recompressed in some fashion to get through space to the computer in your ear, which is going to decode it and then play it as a sound. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, sometimes that takes time, which results in lag for a long time. The problem with Bluetooth and like computers was you couldn't watch a video because the sound would lag getting to your ear and stuff would be out of sync. Mm -hmm. But we've solved that, right? Because you're, are you currently using wireless headphones? Uh, I'm not. There's still, okay. my guess is a few like a hundred milliseconds of delay on my right. my headphones so oh, yeah. and there's just Your there's just so much just going on the cable <laughs> yes um but it's interesting considering the convenience trade-off because like the transistor radio is a great example where we it was just magical and so we we didn't care like we don't want music to go away and for most people like <laughs> listening to a set of bluetooth headphones like, and I guarantee you Apple knows the numbers on this, like how many people are using aftermarket headphones and how many people are just using their earbuds, mm -hmm. but their earbuds are cheap and mm -hmm. crappy. They're very cheap. I mean, they're crappy. way better than like what a transistor radio would cost you, but they're not the best that's out there. And I think that's how most people listen to their music. So wireless is not going to be any worse than that. So it's really not a quality question it's a convenience question and convenience has reliably won when it comes to sound reproduction that's a very good observation that's a great point right we right. want we want we want the aspect of sound that is meaningful to us which clearly is not reproducing it perfectly we want the information we want the noises we want the words that people are saying we want to hear a guitar strummed so badly that we're willing to reduce that to this crackly incoherent inconsistent sound that comes from all of these different technologies that we've used to reproduce that over the years i mean if you go listen to an original radio it sounds terrible uh, and right. it's all a, a technology a technology uh, growth Part of that radio voice, like I was doing before, where you talk like this and you have this sort of blah, 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 was actually about technological limitations. Like part of it is what we could record, like the spectrum we could record, the spectrum we could reproduce. And so radio announcers talked in this range that came through those shitty speakers and, and worked. You could understand what they were saying if they talked like this. Like that's, it's not that everyone walked around every day going, hey there, Brian, how are you today? <laughs> like people talked like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i think the last piece of this comes down to the the part i was i was going to put first but you were right it's better to talk about the wireless thing right because that's what applies to everyone uh if the user experience gets convenient enough there's not going to be enough degradation via wireless that the world at large is going to go oh fuck this iphone i'm getting something right. else so i can have my plug back well i also think it's important to mention that there is no degradation anymore modern bluetooth we're on version four i think of that bluetooth. is to say we can't tell the difference right there's a change happening to make it move sure that's that communication standard right but we can't tell the difference because of right. our sensory you, mechanism you yeah our bodies can't tell the difference you might even be able to i don't know these numbers off the top of my head but you might even be able to transmit cd quality sound over bluetooth now 
Um, so I mean, it's, it's all, com- I just, yep. there's certain limitations about power and chips and things like mm-hmm. that, right? You need a bigger yep. battery, you need a better chip, you need stuff so, like that, which is part of why Apple wants to develop their own chips for wireless yeah. so and that they, they have, they developed that. a special chip just for their new wireless headphones. It has its own processor in it. That's specifically for being a wireless headphone. It's got, they moved a bunch of the sensors that were in the phone. They put them in the headphone. It senses motion. It's, it, it's doing its own decoding. It's right. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're it sends computers... other sounds to getting off topic. Calibrate so the other <laughs> stuff sounds good. Which is we should do a completely different episode on noise canceling and because the physics of that stuff is remarkable. Everything like, is a computer. But I think the last piece of this is to talk about the other side, which is the the DAC, the digital to analog converter. Yeah. So like in the audiophile world. Like people that really, really care about, forget the people we were just talking about that are just like, I just want to have music and I want it to be not offensively bad. (laughs) Like the people that really, really care about this stuff, they go and buy aftermarket units. You have one that's rack sized. You have one the size of a VCR (laughs) that you used to use, right? a little thinner than a VCR probably. The sole purpose (laughs) of that device was to take that digital signal and with maximal clarity turn it into an analog signal. Yeah. You take so it. So that you could drive speakers. Yeah. And it's interesting because one side of that equation uh, is, uh, I think a little bit, is a lot simpler. The digital side, I mean, you've got this information. It's, it's absolute information. It's when you convert that digital information back into real world signals that you have to build a really nice device to do it well you're converting it into a clean electrical signal um, which is a clean flow of electrons in a wire with a clean flow of water through a pipe uh, and you uh, depending on the device you're using to do it you you need a, a bigger better device a bigger device often will do that better um, I mean, our technology these days is absolutely wild. I mean, you have digital analog converters that are microscopic that do a, an absolutely fantastic job. So I don't know. I've always been a little skeptical of the hi-fi market, but um, well, again, it comes just, it comes back to what you can hear. Go test. Right. You go test it, and if you like and it, if it as sounds a representation better, of the market, you can look at what they do sell. Right. So the one that you used to have was this big rack unit. It was. Big. I've never owned a, a, a like a like a exclusive a DAC that was just for that i got but it the one, they sell them now and they are the size of the phone itself like what you buy if you're hi-fi obsessed these days oh i see a lot of those yeah it's still the size of the phone itself and it usually plugs into the phone via the lightning cable right so like that's still about the size of that device and so what apple's looking at is in order to increase the audio quality even through a cord like they would have to put they would have to double the size of the phone to make the people that really do care about audio yeah. happy. Yeah, right? with the, and that's with not the acceptable old... to all the other people that don't really give a shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, with with the old the old mechanism when we were limited to plugging our phone into a stereo via the headphone jack. Um, I might be misspeaking here, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. the The analog to or the digital analog converter in your phone is always going to be worse than say in a in a nice receiver at your house so if you can get if you can get the signal the digital signal out of your phone and into something that has a better converter that's going to make that electrical signal cleaner and smoother and transmit it to your speakers better with more power it's going to sound better and and partly uh it is a, a matter of technological advancement but it's also a bigger 
unit works better here. You have the unit that's converting has better resolution. It gets there's this like meta compression thing going on, even in the real real analog world. Um, and so by moving <clears throat> when you you basically want to keep stuff as a digital signal as long as possible, you want to convert that uh, in isolation and as close to your speaker as possible. And so in a way, these new headphones, a Bluetooth set of headphones kind of is doing that. It's moving it closer to the speaker, you know, there, so there are some, some components. Well, and it's going to gonna be limited by what I was saying before, again, like how big you can make the chip, how much power you can draw in order to do that, which means in a wireless headphone, that means that battery has got to be on the headphone. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, so, that's... but if you're talking about super audiophile stuff, there's this problem now of, well, headphones are this speaker mechanism and they're attached to a wire and that wire has got to go to something else. And that, if you're going the audiophile route, is the DAC. And that DAC is the size of a phone. Well, if you just take the volume of that phone and you drop the DAC, like, so by taking out the headphone jack, Apple buys itself in its own enclosure, uh, like the size of a you know, a nickel worth of space, right? Mm -hmm. But they can use that for some pretty cool stuff, cameras, batteries, stuff like that. You can do a lot with a nickel in a phone these days. <laughs> and they also <laughs> offload the analog conversion, which means that people can start to make headphones like through the lightning. And so one of the other limitations of the of the the small jack is it doesn't transmit power. Like electricity flows through this wire, but it doesn't actually like you can't plug in a set of headphones and then run another computer off of the power that you can draw mm -hmm. off of that jack, but you can off of a lightning port. And so by having a single port that you plug into, they can take all the circuitry that would go in that block, the size of a phone, orient it differently. So it fits in a pair of headphones and you can get the thousand dollar quality digital audio converter that would otherwise be a brick, the size of the phone just built into some headphones that are drawing power off of the lightning things. You don't need to put batteries in them all the time. And they sound the best that you could possibly have on your ears without a rack unit and speakers <laughs> in your, in your bedroom. Right. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> You're not topping my speakers with headphones anytime soon. So with this shift, they're simultaneously <laughs> chasing two things, right? They're trying to increase the convenience of the listening experience for the people that don't care. And they're, and they're owning up to a certain limitation of this technology on the other side, which is we can't put a good enough DAC for the people that really care about this stuff yep. into our device anymore without it causing a change in the device that makes everyone else go, ah, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though yeah, right I mean, now they're, they're saying that the headphone jack is the reason they're uh, not buying it. <laughs> I think they're also doing a third thing that's unrelated to the device or the sound or the music. They are attempting to give you another device that you need to have on your person at all times. And this one in particular is headed in a direction that pretty soon is going to be small enough that it can go internally into your body. And so if they can get you to wear, start wearing a headphone, like a lot of people wear their Bluetooth all day for work, if Apple can get you to start wearing this device at all times, you are getting used to another device that you need, that your body needs, that is important to you all day long, and that eventually is going to be an implantable device that you're going to get inside of your body. Oh, snap. We should do Terminators next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you I just described Terminator. a cyborg. <laughs> 
Um, but if you think about it, we already we already them. behave yeah. that way, right? When you present it that way, it sounds kind of creepy. Like, oh, geez. But like, I like making it sound creepy. We already do it. <laughs> People already, like you said, they're already walking around with their Bluetooth. But mm-hmm. beyond that, they're already walking around with their... I have my earbuds in my pocket anytime I leave the house, almost. Yep. You've got a lot of uh, technology. need to make a call, right? Like, you've got keys. That's an incredible technology that took someone to invent. Yeah, we talked got, about that. You've got... Uh, Credit cards, those that use magnetic strips to transmit information, those are in your pocket at all times. Those chip ones have a computer on board. That little security chip is a computer. It's a computer. You don't know it. You know what else you've got? You've got pants most of the time. Pants are fucking technology, and people oh, don't think te- about that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it keeps dirt <laughs> off my shit. I love it. <laughs> keeps you from scuffing your knees in minor falls. My pants technology in minor falls. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, I feel like that covered pretty much everything you need to know to kind of understand what's going on there. I don't mean it to sound pro-Apple, but it, they are not, they're not making this decision willy-nilly, and they're not making it so they can control the ecosystem, like a lot of naysayers have been saying. Like, if you chase down the channel of trying to improve every piece and to the last mile problem, eventually that three millimeter or three and a half millimeter connector is antiquated. Because it means that DAC has got to be on the device. And maybe that's good enough for most people. But if they want to keep chasing professionals and crazy people, it's not good enough anymore. Wireless, though, is good for most people. And I think more convenient once you sort of get used to a life of wireless stuff. Wireless is obviously the direction technology wants to go and that we want technology to go. So in terms of just is this a move that will drive an industry forward, uh, I think absolutely. So... Uh, I think it's it's an interesting move because it's making things much more complicated. A pair of Bluetooth headphones is vastly more complex than a pair of headphones that just plugs in with, an, with a, a one-eighth inch analog headphone jack. I mean, that's why and you can you buy those for $2. Technologically, technologically more complicated. Yeah, Which means that the experience is going to get a little more complicated. And so what I sort of trust out of Apple, at least their track record, has been that they don't implement a particular technology as part of their ecosystem until the user experience is easy enough that like my grandmother can handle it. And maybe they, maybe they shoot short, right? But like by putting it out, they can start to get data on how people behave. And the second Mm -hmm. or third iteration of this is going to be like rock solid. It'll be wonderful when my headphones are the size of the end of my pinky finger. I can't see them. They're in my ear at all times. And they, block out sounds that i don't like hearing in the world and produce sounds that i want to hear over top of other stuff it's it'll be wild i mean you can get there's startups that do that now they have apps that you put their headphones in and they have noise canceling but it's not just noise canceling it's selective sound canceling and you can you can like cancel out the sound of traffic you can cancel out the sound of a crying baby i doubt it works super well but it probably works somewhat um so it's, it's really you're, st- you're getting really to pick cool what stays in the data stream of the simulation and what of the doesn't. real of the real world <laughs> slash simulation that we live in yeah and and that's i love that extension of this conversation because it it just it naturally always goes to is this is this a simulation and then does it matter it's the, does it's it matter the same, but then it, same it, thing. but it just it so follows from the idea that with this obsession that we have that we keep talking about whenever we talk about technology on this podcast we end up talking about this reproduction, like, can we mm. reproduce reality within our own world? There's yeah. no reason to not expect that the furthest extension of that impulse to do that is 
will certainly result in the ability to create a high fidelity reproduction <laughs> if we want mm-hmm. to the point that we can't tell the difference. We may not want to. Bullshit. But like, of course we want to. We're going towards <laughs> the ability to do it, right? Like the fact that you want to reproduce it and watch it means you can reproduce it. And we're always chasing better fidelity for that reproduction. So at some point, yep. it's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I didn't know I wasn't in the, that place. Right. In the Matrix. It's crazy. And then who cares? Oh, so happy Tuesday, y'all. <laughs> happy Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Nice. Uh, it is. Oh, we're right on schedule. We nailed this. Bam. This came out good. What do you think the odds are that we uh, recorded it correctly and don't have to redo it for a fifth time? Uh, statistically <laughs> speaking, based on attempts to record this exact conversation, zero percent chance. A, there's a yeah, totally. <laughs> I think we got it. Uh, I see I squiggles. Oh wait, I don't see squiggles. I see little lines and stuff yeah. though. There's no there's That's no squiggles good. anymore. Hey, let's but, address uh, one more hey. thing for people before we cut out. Uh, I bet a lot of people right now are thinking, well, shit, what should I buy? How do I get good sound? Whatever feels good. <laughs> all the shit they're trying what to sell you shop? all the time doesn't matter. <laughs> lowest quality of what they're trying to tell you at this point is good enough for you to enjoy music. If you enjoy There's... what you're hearing, to who it doesn't have to be better. You you like Try, if you want, check out a better experience. If you find pleasure in that, okay. But you don't have to get better quality just because that's what they're selling you. Is that what you're looking for? Kind of. (laughs) I was also looking for more specifics, but I realized I don't actually have them. I was going to throw out a couple Uh, things. One of the one of my complaints with Apple headphones is that they don't have a rubberized ear insert. They're just a hard piece of plastic that doesn't actually fill your ear ear hole properly unless you happen to be the shape of an Apple headphone. And so you don't get good bass reproduction unless you close off your ear canal. And so when you're looking for headphones, if you want to have really good sound, especially if you listen to music that has a lot of bass, um, and which you're not is walking on music, a city street where you want to hear external noise so you don't get run over by a car, right? You want you want a big fat chunk of rubber on the end of your little insert headphone that Plug goes in your hole. ear, plugs that hole. Your bass reproduction will go through the roof. So if you have Apple headphones right now, uh, you don't need to spend a lot. There are tons of headphones on Amazon or online that are like 15 or 20 bucks and have awesome, awesome sound. Uh, I don't have the name of the brand that I have, but I did a lot of researching, a lot of testing. I think these were like 12 bucks. I bought a couple pairs of them and they have killer sound. I mean, they rival every other pair of headphones I've ever had. Um, And someday we'll be posting these things to a blog and maybe now because we did a lot of work to clean things up and have like the ability to do things more easily now <laughs> than yeah. we've ever had before. So we're very Diamond organized as a podcast. All of a sudden. Well. Um, so Which is how we're able to do this at, you know, eight o'clock, a- 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. Compression. We've compressed our data stream. We removed a bunch of needless stuff and don't, uh, yes. Yeah, so thanks for hanging out. Check out the blog yeah, yeah. Uh, or whatever, wherever we, yeah, yeah. we'll put this somewhere, maybe some links. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, thanks for scope hanging us out. A, scope us a bunch one. of places. We're, yeah, we're everywhere. Just Google's Engineering Pod will pop up all the places. Engineeringpodcast.com. We're working on switching to Patreon, but go to Patreon if you want to and search for us. If you that's want where our to, site goes to now. Hear our explanation. Oh, you're right. So just go to engineeringpod.com and you can get an explanation of how Patreon works and what it is. Yeah, um, if you're enjoying well, our podcast, check it out. 
Um, it's great. We'll address it more later. But It'll be a hit list. Uh, we tend to talk to people on Twitter and there share things over Facebook. Hang out there. Rate, review. That stuff makes a big difference for other people finding us through those channels. But thanks for hanging out. I'm Adam. Thanks, everybody. I'm Brian. And it's a delightful morning. And I hope that wherever you are, the sun is shining. That was me shaking my head back and forth so I could hear the sound <laughs> of the pressure waves. Don't forget to do that. That's a great little home experiment to do. Just don't hurt your neck. <laughs>